Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I also did acupuncture. I also tried all kinds of like allergy panels and shots and things like that. But the one thing that really helped the most was oral and topical steroids. That is a really bad long-term solution because every time you take one of these pills, you see the little stickers on the side of it that say, you know, warning, bone density lost, warning, all these things. And so you sort of feel like you're making this sacrifice in the moment for, okay, well, I have a wedding to go to this weekend, so I want my skin to look nice. So that's my short-term gain. But in the long-term, am I really doing something to my body? I'm Kirby. And I'm Sarah. Welcome Welcome to to Los Angeles. Angeles. Every week, we break down the most important beauty news and launches, interview your favorite beauty experts, influencers, and celebrity guests, and review our favorite beauty products of the moment as your beauty editor BFFs from the beautiful and great city of Los Angeles. Welcome, Glamgelinos! We hope you stay a while. Cute. That's cute. Happy Friday, Kirby. Happy October 1st. It's beginning to look a lot like. <laughs> this is God, how did we get here? Nobody's supposed to be here. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. How did we get, get here? Dun, 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 dun. I feel like, oh, sending all the love to Cody Rigsby, by the way. Oh my God, what is happening? That is a, you know, a Cody Rigsby favorite. Is he out? Is he out? Is he out? We will know by the time this episode airs, but at the moment, we do not know. Let's back up. Let's fill you guys in on what's happening. Cody Rigsby, our favorite Peloton instructor, dancing with the stars. His partner, Cheryl Burke, has tested positive for COVID, which means she has to sit out for the next two episodes. She's tested positive? Yeah. I missed it. I missed it. I didn't see that. I just saw that she was on her way to get tested. What are they going to do with him? Okay, so my sisters are big Cody stands as well, and they were stalking the comment section, and they were saying, according to Dancing with the Stars, he is dancing with Sophia. Who is Sophia? Another singer? I mean, sorry, another dancer, perhaps? Cody's going to be fine. We're still going to vote for him a million times. We're still going to text Cody to 2153 a maximum of 10 times and also vote for him a maximum of 10 times on ABC's Dancing with the Stars website. Okay, so Dancing with the Stars posted on their Instagram wishing Cheryl Burke a fast and healthy recovery during this difficult time. So yeah, we do too. Same. But... Sending all our love to Cody Rigsby. I still think he has a chance. If anyone can do it, it's our Cody. 
Oh my gosh, people are mad in the comments. They're like, okay, yeah, but like, what the hell's going on with Cody? <laughs> They're like, sorry about COVID, but where's Cody? Wow, people, let's like rethink our priorities here. If if my kind Cody is sent home, I'll cry. Wow. Well, my favorite thing about Cody is that in his Instagram profile, one of his bullet points is opinionated homosexual. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's correct. Anyways, all our best to Cheryl and Cody. Speedy recovery. Let's get those tens in the dance room. Dance room? The ballroom. <laughs> I mean, maybe listen. there should be a show that's in a dance room. It's like, it's like instead of dancing with the stars and it's ballroom, it's like. Oh, like hip hop dancing. Yeah. Like crumping with the stars. I would watch that. Okay. I would be totally into that. Today is a good day because we have Amy Lou of Tower 28 on the pod. First time guest, longtime fan, us being the fan. And we're very excited to have her because we love Tower 28. We love the products. It's, they're just products that are easy to use, products that perform, look good, feel good, and we don't have to worry about them doing crazy shit to our skin. It's also an LA brand. Yep. Named after a tower on the beach between Santa Monica and Venice. Yep. And... Besides being a founder of one of our favorite brands, Amy is like a beauty veteran. Yes. Let's scroll through her LinkedIn, shall we? Yes. She's worked at L'Oreal. She worked at Maybelline specifically. She was the director of international marketing at Smashbox. Then she went over to do marketing at Kate Somerville. Then she went to Josie Marin and did uh, marketing over there. She has worked for some of our favorite brands and that, you know, helped inform her to launch her own Tower 28. But when you listen to our episode and our interview with her, she'll be the first to admit that it was not easy. It is not easy no. running your own beauty biz, despite all the years of experience that she had. Yeah, 100%. You know, Sarah and I met her probably two months after Tower 28 launched. We went and had coffee and we really fell in love with the motivation behind the brand and who it was for. We did feel like it was different from a lot of brands that were already out there. Tower 28 has the National Eczema Association seal of acceptance, meaning that as a quote unquote clean brand, you know, they abide by clean at Sephora, they abide by Credo, and then they also abide by making sure that, you know, their products are fit for the National Eczema Association. Amy has eczema. She's dealt with it most of her life, partially why she created the brand. She touches on a few things that I think are really important. One being formulations matter. One being like, you know, just because it's like clean and natural doesn't mean it's irritant or allergy free. Plenty of clean and natural products include things like essential oils, which are very irritating to people that have sensitive skin. So she'll dive into that. And if you have eczema or if you deal with sensitive skin, Tower 28's tagline is it's okay to be sensitive. Recommend giving this interview a listen. Amy is just everything she was saying. I was like, yep, 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 yep. Co-sign, fully agree. And you really get to learn a little bit more about her and like her decision to launch this brand and why it was important. Also, this week, they announced their newest launch, which is Sunny Days. It is SPF 30 broad spectrum sunscreen, but it isn't just any old sunscreen. It is a tinted sunscreen. And no, it is not just three shades. It is 14 shades from the deepest of deep to the fairest of fair. And you'll hear the process behind creating 
that particular sunscreen. It's a coverage product as well. I think that the reasoning behind creating this product is just so needed. There is a white space for it and it's really exciting. So it'll be launching October 12th and everywhere that they sell Tower 28. If you're looking for a new sunscreen that gives you a little bit of coverage, that is non-irritating to sensitive skin and also doesn't give you like a dewy glow. Yes, One it's like a about, natural finish. Yes, it's a it's a natural finish. They call it dew optional, meaning you apply this and then you can apply dew via like or highlight, highlight or, or, or cream mm-hmm. cheek or cream bronzer. I think this will be really something that people gravitate towards. Yeah, I feel like so many people I know allergic, quote unquote, to sunscreen, or they just cannot find a sunscreen that agrees with their skin. Kirby mentioned, and as you'll hear Amy talk about, when they create their products, obviously people with sensitive skin are their number one priority. They have the seal of the National Eczema Association on all of their products. So this is truly made for people who experience eczema, who have really, really sensitive skin. So I'm really excited about this launch for a lot of people. Same. I, full disclosure, consulted with Tower 28 on this particular launch. My role was to help them understand, like, how do we explain this launch to people? So I actually got the product many, many months ago before it was in its final form. So I actually don't even know what shade I am. I need to get like the final products to like shade match. That's TBD. But Sarah is Mulholland, but I can also use Melrose, which is like, I love the names that I got. I felt like it was like a horoscope. Like I was like, (laughs) yeah, I know. I wonder what I'm going to be. So fun. They're all named after sunny spots, places you wanted to spend a sunny day in L.A. So enjoy this interview with our dearest Amy. Amy, we love you. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And we will speak to you. Actually, we won't be speaking to you on Tuesday because mama's not going to be here and we don't have the time. It's busy. It's a busy season. It's getting busy. Bear with us and you'll have a Friday up. You'll hear a wonderful guest with an interesting topic next Friday. Talk to you then. Glamgelinos, this is such a treat because not only do we love this woman, but we love her brand and it's an L.A. brand. Did you hear how I said that? L.A. L.A. brand, Tower 28. Amy Lou, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. You know that Sarah and I both adore you just desperately. We love you so much. So we're thrilled to have you. I mean, right, right back at you. And I'm so thrilled. And as I told you earlier, I'm not only excited to be here because I love you guys, but also because I really am a listener and I'm a fan. So sweet. Also, I wanted to add that not only are Kirby and I fans, like all of the Glamgelinos, all of our listeners, all of our readers, like everyone is obsessed with your brand. So it's like a long time coming that we had you on the pod. So thank you for making time for us. Of course. Lastly, before we like hop into the question, the first question, I have tower everywhere. Like it's just on my desk. If I need to touch up, I've got beach please in power hour. I've got bronzino. I've got my lippies. I've got the SOS spray like in all my purses. Same, 
Same. I have the mini size mm-hmm. and I keep the large size in my bathroom just because I never know like what's going to go down. But yeah, right now I'm wearing coconut in the lip jelly, the shine on Ooh, lip jelly. So gorge. we are devout fans, Glam Gelinos. And obviously we've talked about Tower 28 on the podcast before, so this is not news to you. But it's always nice because when we have founders on, sometimes we have founders on because we know that they are like a specific expert. Amy is an expert, but we also love Amy. <laughs> Aww. And we also just love her brand. So we wanted to share more about the start and the beginnings of Tower 28 because we, Sarah and I, met Amy, it must have been like months after you yeah, watched. It was months. not, maybe two months and we went to- A coffee shop. Yeah, the coffee shop, Verve. Verve. Verve on third. And we sat outside. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I was just like, this is such a smart idea. And obviously, Amy is an expert in so many ways, which you're going to hear about. But she has such a long history in the beauty world and the beauty industry that really helped her to develop and like separate her brand from everything else. So before we get into all the juicy goodness, Amy, we want to know what's on your face. Tell us everything. What are you loving right now? So I am really a big fan of Mara products. I really love all of her cleansing oils, her sunscreen she just launched. This morning I used her vitamin C too. She has a vitamin C oil as well. And I've also been recently interested in um, U-Beauty has some really great products. So I've had a history of really sensitive skin, but now that my skin is actually a little bit more reliable and my skin barrier feels a little bit better, I've been kind of toying with more fun kind of products. Like she has a resurfacing compound that I think is Tina Craig's U-Beauty, which I think is amazing. And I really like her super hydrator too. For a long time, I was using just really, really benign products that didn't have a lot of actives in it because my skin was so sensitive. And now I feel like I'm able to start here and there. I mean, it doesn't always work, but sometimes I have had a few mishaps, but right now I'm pretty good. Um, And then face-wise, I have to tell you, everything else truly is Tower 28 right now. So I am wearing our very newest launch, Sunny Days, our tinted SPF foundation. What shade are you? I am PCH. You're PCH. Okay. Mm -hmm. And PCH. So all the shade names are actually based off of sunny days spots in Los Angeles that you want to hang out. So whether it's a hiking spot, a beach, a shopping area, and I happen to be a PCH. And then I'm actually wearing Guide Beauty, which is a friend of mine who started that company. And she actually has, um, she was a makeup artist that I've worked with for a really long time. And she has Parkinson's she's developed. And so she was looking for products that were a little bit easier to hold and control. And so I'm using her brow because I really love that product too. Guide Beauty is an incredible brand. I actually featured them in like a breakthrough birdie story, like change makers. Yeah, because they really were leading the charge on like accessible beauty products, which I love. And then I have a special place in my heart for Mara because I used to work with Allison McNamara, the founder at Pop Sugar. She was the fashion host. Yes. And I was the beauty host. She was just the fashion girl. Like anything fashion wise, she knew what was up. Went to New York Fashion Week a lot. But her dad is in the beauty industry. Responsible for like making Misha Barton a Neutrogena face. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I didn't know that. Yeah, has a background in the beauty world. So I love to see that she's thriving and doing so, so well with her beauty brand. And her products are honestly so good too. 
and so totally. beautiful. Totally. All of the packaging and yes. everything. I'm curious when her sunscreen launched, I'm sure obviously you were already developing yours. Like, were you like comparing, contrasting? I'm sure that you probably had like a million sunscreens on your desk before you launched yours. What do you like about the Mara one? I have really dry skin. So I really like that it is a little bit more of an oil base, like all of her products, I think. And it really just feels great on my skin. So I'm someone who puts on moisturizer and then I put on oil and I do it day and night because I'm really dry. So I just love it for all of those reasons. And it's still a mineral sunscreen too. And then I still, I because it's an oil base, I have to let it kind of sink in a little bit before I can move on. And then I let it sink in. I'll wait a couple minutes and then I'll go in with, with sunny days. I want to wear a lot, as much sunscreen as I can. So I'm trying to layer it if I can. That's a good, good hot tip right there. Like- hot tip, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Amy, as Kirby already mentioned, you have a stacked resume. Tower 28 is not your first foray into beauty. I'm not lying. I'm on your LinkedIn page right now. And I'm just like, show more experiences. It's like, my goodness, L'Oreal, Smashbox, Kate Somerville, Josie Moran, like list goes on and on and on. So if you could take us back with you, when did you start in beauty? How did you get your start? Why were you interested in entering the beauty industry? So I've always loved beauty. I was, it was my first job at a college because I was trying to be a really responsible, I think Asian girl was, um, I worked in consulting and that was kind of the job that it looked good on a resume and I didn't love it necessarily. And I actually went back to business school. So I went to USC to get my MBA and my intention was to change careers. And while I was there, I thought I really wanted to do something that I could resonate with. I'm actually not a huge makeup junkie in the sense where I don't wear a ton of makeup. It's not like if you bring me into a Sephora, I can't hold myself back and I have to spend $500. Like I'm not that kind of a person necessarily, but I really have always loved the way that women relate to beauty products and the confidence that they feel when they like the way that they look. There's something about it that I think is really empowering. And it's funny having worked in the beauty industry for so long, so many people have said, you know, when things are stressful, they say, listen, guys, like, let's all calm down. We're not carrying cancer. And I do agree with that. But at the same time, I actually do think that the work that all of us do is really important because like it or not, women are very affected or people, I should say, not even women are really affected by like how good they feel and their confidence is really attached to expression of the way they present themselves in the world. And so I think that was what really excited me about it. And in all the jobs that you've mentioned, I've really always made a point to not just work on the corporate side, but to go to events, to be in stores, to touch people, to give them, to do makeovers, even though I'm not exactly a pro makeup artist, because I do think it really helps you understand how people relate to the products. And so my first job was at Maybelline. And then I went to, to Smashbox Kate Somerville, Josie Marin, like you said, and my job, if you look at the companies I went to, my roles got bigger, but the companies got smaller. And I think that was one thing that was really intentional because what I wanted was to have a seat at the table. I really always wanted to, to do this, to have my own brand. When I was in business school, I majored in entrepreneurship and marketing. And 
I told myself that I was working for other people so I could learn on someone else's dime and all those things. But all of a sudden you blink and it's been a really long time. I had a friend who literally was like, you need to shit or get off the pot. Like either you're going to do it and you'll take another job and then you'll never do it or you should do it right now. So that was kind of what shifted things for me and made me decide to start Tower 28 because I felt like I, I had to because um, this was it was like now or never almost. You have obviously, like you said, you've worked for so many brands and, you know, you were VP of marketing and then, you know, you shat and got off the pot and started your own <laughs> brand. <laughs> what has been the most like surprising part or maybe the most difficult part about going from like working at a big corporate company to starting your own brand? I would say two things. One, I didn't realize how much I didn't know, if I'm being honest. I thought because I had worked in the industry for a long time and I had the benefit of working at actually pretty small companies where there was a lot of visibility. And so even if I wasn't the one running operations, I thought I, I understood a lot of what that department did. And mm. the truth is it's really different to do a job than it is to be next to it. And there was so much there I didn't know. And I'm really grateful. I think one of the things that has worked really well for me is I'm really lucky that I have community and I have friends who've worked in the industry. So, you know, this is such a small example, but when I first started Tower 20 and I was working with my vendor and they said, okay, can you send me over a, a bomb, a bill of materials? And I knew what a bomb was, but I literally didn't know what it looked like. I was like, does it look like an equation? Does it look like, you know, component plus fill plus paint? I didn't know what it was. And so I could text a friend and ask them and they could screenshot something and send it to me. So I didn't look as silly as I might have, you know? So I do think a lot of it was just not knowing what you don't know, but also being, I think having the humility of not knowing it and being willing to ask people is really been an important thing. I think the other thing I didn't know is how unregulated the beauty industry is. I have worked at companies that were big enough that they were doing things the quote unquote right way, right? So they were doing all the testing that was required and all of those types of things. And I think starting this on my own was the first time I really realized that it's a self-regulated industry, right? So you're just doing it on your own. It's on your honor to some extent, right? And you're maybe just worried that somebody else will come along and like the FDA will come or something, but there's really nobody policing it. Do you want to elaborate a little bit on that? Because like as a listener of Los Angeles, you know, we talk a lot about like fear mongering and, and things like that. Can you give us an example? I even mean like very basic things, right? Very basic. On a very basic level, you have to include ingredients. There are brands where early days, like they maybe just don't know and they don't know that they have to put ingredients out there or like compatibility and stability. Like I was surprised that when we started making these products, my vendor said to me, I was like, okay, well, so now it's time for compatibility and stability. And they're like, if you want to, it just isn't um, one of those things you have to do. Like there's nobody who is going to check to make sure that you did those things. And a lot of those things are, it's not even about fear mongering because it's not about just the, it's, it's more for you. It's quality things, right? It's totally. where you'll know if something is going to change or turn. And if there's an issue, those are the little steps that no one forces you to do. It's a de-risking thing. I think about it a lot in terms of like marketing terms, right? Like, oh, uh -huh. So if somebody says something's like, I know the new buzzy marketing term is reef safe. It's like, great. Like it doesn't contain that one ingredient that will make yeah. it. 
but you know, that's not a regulated term. Like the FDA, the FDA is not going through and going, okay, yes, this product actually is made without it. There was testing done to ensure they didn't include it or whatever it is. It's like the honor system. Because like, I mean, you have experience at all of these incredible brands, you know, Josie Marin, like truly one of the most influential, natural type brands to like hit. Certainly clean beauty. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Just like a trailblazer in that space. Obviously we're obsessed with Kate Somerville. We love her yeah. and we love her products too. So you've had that experience working at those companies and knowing it. And then to hear that, like even you going and starting your own brand and hearing, wait, what? Like, this is not just something that's blanket normal for everyone to do. It's it's really interesting. Yeah, definitely. And I feel really lucky that I had a chance to work with amazing brands that were doing things the right way because I learned to do them the right way. 100%. Okay. So as Sarah and you both said, you shat and got off the pot. It's time to make your own brand. <laughs> and by the way, I'm so impressed that that was also like grammatically correct, like past tense. <laughs> I love it. Sarah really did the damn thing. So you did this. You're like, it's time to start my own brand. You have sensitive skin or you had very sensitive skin and you decided I'm going to create this brand. What was the white space that you thought was missing as someone who like doesn't wear a lot of makeup, but deals with eczema? Walk us through your personal experience and how it developed into Tower 28. So when I started working at Josie specifically was around the time that I was also having babies. So I had young, um, I'd had one and then I was pregnant with another when I was there. And maybe Sarah, you can relate to this, but when you get pregnant, you start thinking more about what you're eating. You start thinking more about what you're putting on your skin. And because I was working at a company that was really talking a lot about clean beauty, I started thinking more about what does that mean? This is also back when clean beauty was synonymous with natural. Yes. Okay. The more natural something was, the the more clean it was in a lot of ways, right? And I actually tried to make the switch to clean, clean beauty, but I really, a lot of that product was actually pretty sensitizing for my skin because it had things like essential oils in it, plant botanicals that were more active, that type of a thing. And so it was one of the things that was really hard for me. Like I wanted to be conscious of it, but I think also as somebody who has sensitive skin, you're even more thinking about like what you're putting on your skin because I didn't have like a perfect skin barrier. So I actually, I agree with you in what you're saying about like fear mongering and everything where your skin barrier should be working for you, right? It should be keeping out things. That's the role of your skin. But if you have a broken skin barrier, like I often have in life, I am that much more conscious of one, sure what's going in, but also two of just making it worse, right? Because I don't want it getting aggravated. When I think of it, it's a combination of wanting clean, but also wanting products that are safe for my sensitive skin. And by safe, I really mean non-irritating, right? So that is really the difference to me. And then when I looked at products that were safe for sensitive skin, one, they definitely were not necessarily clean, but two, they also, a lot of them made me feel like like a patient. A lot of it really looked very clinical in its approach, which there's nothing wrong with that. But if that's what you feel like is your only option and for some people, sensitive skin is like a moment in time. They're like, I just, I'm going to take an oatmeal bath and then I'm going to get better and I'll go back to my regular routine. But for me, it's like a lifestyle, right? So it felt like I wanted something that was fun and cute and cool. It's like the kind of the way I think about eating, right? Like I also try to eat decently healthy, but then at the same time, I don't want it fed to me in a way that's like, I only get to eat kale. You know, that's not 
fun either. No. <laughs> so yeah, so that was basically one part of it. The other part of it was, so Tower 28 actually gets its name from a real lifeguard tower in Santa Monica, at the intersection of Santa Monica and Venice. And part of that is I was born in Minnesota. My parents immigrated to the U.S. from Taiwan. And I was born in, like, I was raised in the 90s. I was growing up as a teenager in the 90s. And all of the aspirational imagery and the vibe was very much like Stussy and Hurley and all of these things that were super cool, but I didn't see myself in it. To this day, like my husband is a surfer. I live on the West side and I still don't see images of beach culture that look like the beach that I see when I go to the beach. And so one of the things I really wanted to do was create a brand that was representative of the LA that I know and love, which is really this big melting pot. And the beach specifically to me is this place where everybody gets to enjoy a healthy lifestyle. And you see literally every kind of person specifically at Tower 28, because you see the people from Venice who are, you know, like you can smell the weed in the air and it's like really kind of (laughs) more urban. And then in Santa Monica, you've got like your double jogger stroller or whatever. So I just love that it is every, every type of person. So the white space in my mind to answer your question, Kirby, really is the intersection of products that are not only clean, because I think that's just like, it's table stakes at this point. It's like, why wouldn't you just be clean enough, uh, vegan, cruelty-free, all of those things that we want. But then in addition to that, can we make products for somebody like me where you can feel a little bit safer using it just in the sense that it's not going to irritate your skin. Somebody's already thought through making it non-comedogenic. Someone's going to make sure that it doesn't irritate your skin and that you don't include these ingredients and still have it be high performance. I love that you do have an emphasis on like fun, cheery products made for sensitive skin. Since we are talking about clean beauty, we would be remiss not to ask, what is your definition of clean beauty? So I am not... A chemist. I am not a doctor. And that's why I really do defer to experts. And so we use the Credo Beauty No-No List and we use the Clean at Sephora No-No List to really guide us. Okay. And then in addition to that, we are the only beauty brand that 100% adheres to the National Eczema Association's No-No List. Not because I think everybody has eczema like I do, but because as a consumer, I was using their list to figure out like which detergent I should buy and which cleaning products and those types of things. The more research I did, the more I realized that I felt like they were very astringent about it. But there are different seals out there that you can just promise to abide by and then pay. And then you can use the seal. This is not one of those. So it is really pretty rigorous the way that they do things. And I just felt like one of the things that I've seen in the beauty industry over the years is a lot of people make products for themselves which there's nothing wrong with that. I wanted to make products that were beyond just me. I, for instance, there are some essential oils that are totally fine for me. They don't give me a problem. But as a general rule, because so many people are allergic to essential oils, we just don't include them. So I defer to these other third parties because I think of them as experts, whether it is sustainability or it is, like I said, irritation from the National Eczema Association or this idea of clean we defer to, to the experts. So you mentioned, you know, and I completely agree with you when I became pregnant, that was sort of the first time that I really was like looking to ingredient labels, like, you know, obviously like applying it to myself versus just like writing about it and reporting on it. But you have always had sensitive skin. Is that correct? I would say since college I have, yeah. 
since college. Can you tell us like what your experience has been like with eczema and like when you first sort of had like a flare up and what that was like and sort of like your journey to this point? I mean, I think, and maybe you guys will relate to this, but when you work in the beauty industry, there is almost an expectation, or maybe it's one that you put on yourself, that you know how to wear makeup, that you have perfect skin, and your friends think that you know the best of everything. For me, as somebody who was working in marketing, I was always going to Sephora and Nordstrom and Bendel's or whatever it was and pitching them like, this is going to be our newest product. It's the best complexion boosting, et cetera, et cetera. I had eczema on my hands and I had it on my face and I had it like around my eyes and it was really embarrassing and it's chronic for me. So eczema is if you go to see a doctor, I think one of the things that's the most frustrating about it is that there's no cure. It's chronic. They don't know why you have it. And the only thing they can do is you can try lots of things. So as somebody who is Chinese American, tried a lot of different herbal remedies. So I went down that path. I also did acupuncture. I also tried all kinds of like allergy panels and shots and things like that. But the one thing that really helped the most was oral and topical steroids. And that is a really bad long-term solution because every time you take one of these pills, you see the little stickers on the side of it that say, you know, warning, bone density loss, warning, all these things. And so you sort of feel like you're making this sacrifice in the moment for, okay, well, I have a wedding to go to this weekend, so I want my skin to look nice. So that's my short-term gain. But in the long-term, am I really doing something to my body? And so that was why it was so important to me that I made products that helped people feel a little bit more like they were just choosing something that wasn't going to make things worse, really. Because I think the one thing that you don't want with makeup is, yes, you want it to make you look better for sure. But the baseline is it can't make you worse, right? <laughs> like that's, that's like the number one thing. I mean, and I also went through periods of time where I literally didn't wear like anything but pants and long skirts because I used to get eczema on the back of my knees and it would essentially like fade into something that looked like a bruise when it wasn't like active and persistent. People would come up to me, strangers would come up to me and ask me like if I'd gotten like beaten or something. Like it just was a weird thing for me. For me, it's skin, but for some people it's different issues. But like whether it's stress or whatever, I think it comes out in different ways. So maybe for one person, it's your back. For for me, it happened to be my, my skin. But yeah, I do think sensitive skin is something I really struggled with. And I think one of the things that I'm the most proud of now with Tower 20 is when I see people write to us or write testimonials about how our products have helped them or that they just feel comfortable using them. You know, they send before and afters. Like if you look at our product pages, specifically for SOS spray, all of those before and afters, we didn't have the money to go get clinicals done and all these big fancy things that you can you can do. So we really did source these from the community. These were people who really did write into us and tag us in social. And we wrote to them and said, oh my God, can we use your before and after that you showed the world? So that is something that I'm really proud of because it's something I really struggled with myself. Okay, so this leads in perfectly to our question about SOS spray. I feel like this is the hero product. This is like the piece de resistance of Tower 28. And I think it's truly a magical spray. I love it and I love the story behind it. 
share with everyone like what this spray does and how you just stumbled upon it because it's a really great story. So it is an antibacterial and anti-inflammatory spray. And the, the true story of how it happened was a friend of mine, her husband's a surfer, and he was sent some product as like an influencer, basically. And he was using, and it had a hypochlorous acid in it, which is the active ingredient in SOS. And he was spraying it on his feet because he was getting reef cuts and things like that. And she was looking at the bottle and reading about hypochlorous acid. And she said to me, I think maybe you should try this. I think it might help your eczema. And so I started spraying it on my face and I started spraying it on my body because again, I get eczema in both places and it didn't do anything actually for my face, but it was helping my body, which was interesting enough for me. And so I started reaching out to chemists and asking them if they knew about hypochlorous acid. And I found one who'd been working on hypochlorous acid for eight years. And I started talking to him about it. And I was like, listen, I've been trying this other product, but it doesn't work on my face. It works on my body. And he said, okay, well, why don't we play with it? Let's work on the pH level. Let's work on the concentration. Let's work on the formulation in general. And he, we found one that started working on me. And so we literally got a hundred bottles made and when I think about it now, I think like, I can't believe people were willing to try it. It was just like a white, no name bottle. And the girls on my team, we just sent it to people that we knew. We had the most amazing responses. Like one of the girls on my team, actually, um, she was interning at the time and she got a boob job and she had an incision. And so she started spraying it on the incision. And, you know, the stitches are supposed to just dissolve into your body, but sometimes your body kicks things out that are foreign to it, right? Like it makes your skin angry and then that can create infection and et cetera. And she was spraying SOS on it. And the doctor literally called her and was like, what are you doing? I've never seen anybody heal so fast. And we just had these weird things where like a, a plastic surgeon reached out to me and she was like, when we launched and she's like, hypochlorous acid, I've been irrigating with it during surgery. I think it's such an amazing product because it is antibacterial and it keeps things so clean in surgery, I would love you to sell it to me so I can give it to people post-surgery to help them heal. And she also has a med spa, so post-laser for any type of treatment like that. And so now she keeps it in her back bar and then she also sells it and she gives it away to her surgery patients as well. It's just this weird product that because it is antibacterial, the main thing is when you have any skin that has problem like eczema, acne, anything, the thing that makes your skin worse is bacteria, right? So we just want to keep it clean. So your skin has the ability to heal itself. Our skin is actually pretty amazing. Your skin, if you get a cut, it wants to heal itself naturally. But if you get it dirty, that creates infection, et cetera, et cetera. So because it's going to be keeping it clean because it's antibacterial, it gives it the chance to soothe, to calm and to help heal itself. So it's this weird, amazing product because it works for a multitude of uses, anything from people with like tattoos and, you know, fresh earring piercings and things like that. So for me, it's eczema. For a lot of people, it's acne. Maskne has been this huge thing that we actually didn't even think about or know until we started seeing people write in the reviews about it. And then the sales of SOS, honestly, in the last year have probably, I don't know, somewhere at least three, if not four times year over year. Wow. wow. Just, and I think a lot of it is we hear a lot of people talking about it for mask knees specifically too. It's one of those things where like formulations matter when you're talking about how it worked for your body, but then it, not, it wasn't happening to your face. Like, I feel like that's a perfect example. Formulations really do matter, you know, like it can change big time. 
Yeah. And pH and all of those things make a difference. 100%. I remember when we met after coffee and you presented this product to us and Kirby and I were like freaking out over it. And I remember at the time I was using a spray for all over my dog that had hypochlorous acid in it. And I was like, yes. I should just be using the SOS spray on him. So I definitely was. I used it on my C-section scar. Like I have this with me in every bag. Yep. I'm sure you use it on your kids too for like cuts. I do. You know, I was going to tell you, Sarah, my sister has a daughter who's the same age as Zoe and she um, uses it on her daughter's diaper rash too. <gasps> I feel oh. like maybe you need to like... Baby line. Yeah. Or like make one specific, like a giant one for for babies and kids. Can you make a gallon size? <laughs> yeah. just make Sarah and I a gallon <laughs> size so we can just like refill all of our bottles that we have. Like we want the back bar version. We actually do have a jumbo and spoiler alert, we're bringing it back for the holidays. It's a 16 ounce. So it's the size of four regular bottles. So it's a sustainability story in addition to being a value. Oh my God. Well, sign Kirby and I up on the wait list. We'll take five. You know, just like even on our own website, we have the data that shows that if somebody buys SOS, there's a 50% chance of them coming back and buying a second bottle. And there's a 25% chance of them buying four bottles. Wow. That's so awesome. For the beauty industry, because all of us are really fickle, right? Like we're always, everybody wants to try the newest thing. Those are actually pretty alarming, like great numbers. Okay. Let's talk about another amazing product that's new. Your sunscreen. Woo! By the way, I listened to your whole glossary episode on sunscreen. <laughs> I thought it was so good. Thank you. Thank you very Thank much, you. Amy. Amy, you're like Appreciate really it. just gassing us up this morning. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Congratulations. Sunny days. It is a broad spectrum SPF 30 tinted sunscreen. Tell us how long it took you to develop this. Who is this for? Walk us through the journey of creating a sunscreen uh, is safe for people with sensitive skin. Sarah, wait, you forgot a major part. There's 14 shades. So it's a tinted sunscreen, but there's 14 shades. Which is like unheard of. Yeah. The marquee. Hello, this is important moment. So Yes, Amy, sorry. I had to I had to throw that in. No, please. Thank you. Thank you, Kirby. <laughs> yeah, so this is I honestly this is a long time coming. So we've been working on this product for I'm not kidding, 3 years. We launched two and a half years ago. So it took me basically a year to develop the initial products and so this was one of the products that we were searching for. I have tried and worked with so many different labs trying to find the perfect sunscreen and we all know the issues with mineral sunscreen specifically. So mineral sunscreens tend to either be white cast, which is why when you're saying tinted is really difficult sometimes, because especially when you get into the deeper shades, nobody wants to have that like gray white cast situation, right? Because frankly, mineral sunscreen is white, right? Like titanium dioxide, zinc oxide, they are white in nature. And so it is really hard to formulate it that way because so often they can be white cast in an effort to not be so white cast and make it really easy to, some of them can also become dewy and greasy, right? Because that's the other thing that happens with mineral sunscreens, because again, it's a rock, right? It's a mineral. So it is 
going to be sometimes really like chalky or, or hard to spread. So the things I was looking for specifically were one, I really wanted mineral sunscreen because yes, it's a clean thing, but the other part of it is you said this also on, on your glossary episode, but the chemical sunscreens can be more irritating for people with sensitive skin. And so I actually reached out to the National Eczema Association really early to ask them, like, Mike, why don't you guys have any SPF? They don't have any tinted colored SPF. And they were saying the thing is that mineral sunscreen, it's safer for sensitive skin. So they have never done this before because they knew it was so important. So many people had asked them for it. Because again, when you have problem skin, not only do you want to protect your skin, because if you have any issues like acne or eczema where your skin barrier is broken, yes, your skin is more sensitive, but also you're prone to more hyperpigmentation issues and scarring issues, right? So you actually do really want sunscreen. But the other thing is you want to cover it, right? You're more likely to have redness. You're more likely to have skin imperfections. And you really actually just want your skin to look better, not just be protected. So when we started working with the National Eczema Association, they basically gave us all of their guidelines, which are a huge no-no list. Next, you have to do the testing third party. So on people who say they have sensitive skin, you have to do the irritation patch testing, and then you have to have a dermatologist review it. But then they also asked us to do photoallergy, phototoxicity testing, which means that when you are wearing the product and it interacts with the sun, it doesn't create allergy on your skin where people get kind of like the, the tingling and the itching type thing, which is something I didn't know about because frankly, I don't have that problem personally. So we did all of those things and we actually are the first color product to ever get the National Eczema Association seal of approval guidelines, which I think is really exciting. What was it like developing the 14 shades? I mean, that was probably not easy. Well, so not only was it not easy, but you have to remember we did this over in pandemic and Zoom. So we worked with celebrity makeup artist, Kieran Boddy, who does amazing people like Frida Pinto and Aquafina and Tessa Thompson. She just worked on Machine Gun Kelly. So she's an amazing artist, but she's also a person of color. And I think because she's had that background of working with really diverse skin tones, but also being a person of color herself, it was really important to her that we get those medium to dark shades really right. We started with the deepest shade and then worked down to the lightest shade in our development as opposed to the other way around. And I think that really shows and it makes a difference. Another thing she's really passionate about is the undertones. And so especially in like, you can be a medium tone, but if you are you can have a yellow medium tone. You can have a more neutral one. And so I think that really made a difference that she was so vested in that part of it. And the thing about this product that I think is so cool is that oftentimes you get like a sunscreen product or you get a makeup like foundation product, but they're not necessarily good at both of those things. I think this product is really good at both, meaning it is a clearly it's a sunscreen. We've done all the testing. We've done FDA, ISO testing. But as far as being a makeup, it's not just tinted because it's tinted. It really does give you some coverage and it has a natural finish. So it's not dewy, it's not greasy, and it really does work. You can get like a a medium coverage from it, even if you wanted to layer it up like that. So the other thing about the shades that is notable is that they're really flexible too. So despite the fact that they do have some coverage, the shades are pretty flexible. So I can actually wear like two to even three, depending on if I wanted to be a little bit more tan or if I wanted to like 
wear it more in the center of my face, right? So a little bit more brightening. But yeah, the shades are really good. Yes, they are. And obviously like the whole marketing campaign is super adorable. And I think also everyone, we're going to see so many more brands coming out with tinted sunscreens in multiple shades. Like gone are the days of like three colors of tinted sunscreen, right? Like what I really love about you explaining this process is that y'all worked with the deepest shades first versus going light and then dark because I feel like oftentimes with formulations, it's like an afterthought when it comes to those deep, dark skin tones. And then that's why people are like, why do I look like Casper? Why do I look like I'm about to be buried in the ground? Like this is not a good look for any person. And a big part of sunscreen, which Sarah and I talk about a lot is you have to enjoy wearing it. You have to actually want to put it on your face. It can't be like a oh gosh, I have to, you know, swipe this all over my face. Now you have to literally want to put it on your body, on your person so that you get the protection that you want to reapply too. So I tip my hat to you, Amy. I'm really excited for you. Can you share like when this will be available for everyone to pick up? Yeah. So we are launching it on October 12th in all stores, U.S. with Sephora, Credo, Revolve, and at Kohl's too. So we're now at Sephora at Kohl's in 200 stores too. Oh, we got a Sephora at Kohl's brand here. Mm-hmm. And I should mention it is $30 too, which yeah. is fairly reasonable for the Sephora customer. Totally. 100%. Sunscreens are expensive, y'all. Like they're expensive. They're expensive to make too, by the way, and all the 100%. testing and all of the everything that goes into it. But it's one I'm really I'm really proud of. I mean, we really did. The reason it took so long to make it, to be honest, but because there's a lot of testing involved. There were moments where we would have, for instance, we were done and we were ready to go. And then we found out that there was an ingredient in it that was a derivative of coconut oil. It's a coconut alkane in it. You know, perception is reality. And because we had passed actually comedogenic testing. And so the lab was like, listen, I know your no-no list says no coconut oil. This isn't coconut oil. It's a derivative of it. And you passed comedogenic testing. And we were just like, you know what? I think we got to go back because despite what we say, people look at ingredients. Consumers are really smart now. And so we have to make sure that we're saying, you know, that the things that we're saying are really true, obviously, but also like that, that the receipts all match up. Before we let you go, Amy, you know, having dealt with eczema most of your life, what advice would you give to people that are experiencing it and they feel like they can't find a way out? Like how, how are you managing your eczema? So, I mean, number one, I really wouldn't be able to say this if it wasn't true, but SOS really did help me. It helps my skin. It's not to say I never get eczema anymore, but it does help my skin be a little more consistent and reliable. So that has helped me. I think the other thing I noticed is that food really makes a difference. So if I go crazy on sugar, even if it's like, honestly, like wine, if I drink a lot of wine or if I eat a lot of sweets or junk food, I don't think it creates eczema, but I think it exacerbates it. The other thing that I notice is stress really does affect my skin. So if I'm not sleeping, if I'm stressed out, my skin shows it. I think I kind of mentioned this before, but I actually really do believe in that connection of like your body holding on to to trauma essentially. So whatever your issues are that, that it will come out. Like some people have, you know, uh, digestion issues. Some people have back issues for me. It happens to be my skin. I do actually feel like working through your stuff 
helps too. I don't know. I think part of it is I'm really, I'm a, I'm a happy person too. And I feel like at this stage of my life, I'm oddly not as stressed in some ways, even though I'm stressed in all of the work ways I'm stressed, but they're all practical things, but I'm not stressed as a a person, you know, and I think like politics and all that kind of stuff is not really a part of my life right now. And I think those were the days when I was, my skin was really reactive is when I felt that kind of stress. Totally. But now I'm having like a super soul Sundays podcast. (laughs) I know. I'm like, this is an ad for therapy. (laughs) Get therapy. Everyone get therapy. Yeah, we were talking about this and we were saying that sometimes people use podcasts as therapy, but no, there's no replacement for real therapy, everyone. Although, by the way, you know, our tagline is it's okay to be sensitive. So (laughs) exactly. It is okay to be sensitive. Okay. So we ask our guests like a version of this question, but I'm going to change it a little bit, Kirby, if that's okay. Oh, Yes. What celebrity or famous person, if you found out that they used or were a fan of Tower 28, like who would that be? Like, who would you absolutely freak out about? I'm going to sound so basic right now, but on the heels of the other part of our conversation just now, like I, if it was Oprah, I would just, one, if she could use Sunny Days because it gave her no white cast and she really loved it, that would just be so amazing. But two, because I... I just adore her. I think she is all the things, right? Yes. So I invited May Lin to your house for the Asian American Girl Club event. She's a famous chef, also a celebrity chef. And I I think I'm pretty sure I'm allowed to say this. She's like, she was Oprah's personal chef for really long. And Oprah and like has her, like she spent like the summer with Oprah. I have a feeling she might be seeing Oprah again soon. So just make sure to send May some samples. I literally just got chills. I literally just got chills. (laughs) Make sure to send May some samples for Oprah so she could like, you know, leave it next to the meal that she's preparing for her. I literally am writing this down. She's literally taking notes. I'm literally (laughs) taking (laughs) notes. She's like, send May extra sunny days and some SOS. Thanks in advance. Oh, we're going to shade match Oprah. This is amazing. I mean, you never know. I think the world really is six degrees of separation. So you never know. And we've been really fortunate, you know, because we're a small company, because we don't have institutional funding. So much of it really genuinely has been word of mouth. And I'm really committed to the fact that like our products just have to be good. We can't make mediocre products. There's too much product in the world right now. It's like Los Angeles. We don't have institutional funding. (laughs) We survive on word of mouth. We have to make good podcasts because there's so many out there. I know. Hit that, hit that subscribe button, guys. Print review. (laughs) Thank you, Amy. Like and subscribe. Wait, hold on. Can I just bring up something about Oprah? I love Oprah as well, Amy. On a sadder note, TikTok has now informed me that we're all just like crusty old people. Because they are now doing videos of like breaking down things that Oprah has done on her show. They're like, this is Oprah Winfrey. And she gave away cars to everybody no, in her audience. What? No, they're yep, not. 100%. It's like, and people were like, she gave, like, I can't remember what car it was. It was like a Honda or a Hyundai or something. But people were like, she gave away Hondas or like she gave away Hyundais. I'm like, do you not understand that it was truly it was once, everyone. Like, nobody has ever you get done a car that. and you get a car yes. and you, you know, 
literally nobody had ever done this and nobody has and done it since. Yes. And like she was able to do it. It was $8 million worth of cars that she gave away and she she duped everyone. They Everyone thought that they were there to like celebrate teachers that were like, yeah. you know, needed uplifting things. And so 12 people get up there and she's like, you're all getting a car and they freak out. And then she's like, and then one lucky person in the audience We'll also get a car, open your boxes. And literally every single person had a key. Every single person. Those people must have like just mind blown. And it's crazy. Like the comments are just like, wow, like that's the car that she, I'm like, are you kidding me right now? Like Gen Z, you have lost your minds. Parents come get your kids. Yeah. Collect yourselves. Anyways, I had to share that. I am manifesting sunny days as one of Oprah's favorite things for 2021. I was going to say that has to happen. Thank so you. Let's, let's, let's make I that believe happen. in manifestation. So I'm with you. Let's make uh, it happen. Oprah. Love that woman. Oprah. I just love that she's used her influence in such a positive way. And that's what I hope to try and do a little bit of too. <laughs> she's the only celebrity I would want to be president. End of story. Right? Like, just run our country and like give people free cars. Amy, thank you so much for joining us on Los Angeles today. Everybody, you can pick up Sunny Days starting October 12th. All Sephora stores, Credo, Revolve. Support Kohl's. And then you can also find all of their products on Tower 28's website. Amy, where can we find you and the brand? Um, my handle's at amylou47, A-M-Y-L-I-U, um, 47. And then Tower 28 Beauty is our handle for Instagram and for TikTok too. And Twitter, Yay. I should say. Yay. All the things. All the things. And tower28beauty.com too is our website. Everyone, thank you so much for listening this, to this episode of Gloss Angeles. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Gloss Angeles Pod. Join our Facebook group, the Gloss Angeles Glam Dolinos. If you are listening to this podcast for the first time and you like it, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, like every episode, we update our website, all of the links to the products that were discussed. So if you really want to grab that SOS spray, head over to GlossAngelesPod.com and pick it up. And we will talk to you on Tuesday. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 